You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. Points bet, the exclusive sports betting partner of the Denver Nuggets, outdoing the competition in Colorado. They are now live with minus 105 spreads on all NBA games. That's the best price of any sports book. Why bet anywhere else? Uh, sorry, Denver, everybody listening on 1430 in Denver. Another loss for the Nuggets last night. Had a huge first half lead, and then they end up losing uh, to the Wizards. They almost shot their way back into that one. Uh very close to forcing overtime, but uh, did not happen. BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker here on the BetQL Audio Network. Now we welcome in Ryan McDonough, former NBA executive turned host of the Radio.com NBA show. Make sure you're subscribed and that you are following Ryan McDonough at McD NBA. Lot to go over, Ryan. I, I want to start here. Uh, if you've just been paying attention over the last couple of days, What's happening in game, which which means a lot of betting opportunities uh, for fans that are following along if you have League Pass, which is free, by the way, this week. Um, so last night, Ross's Sixers, they're up 25 and it ends up being a close game at the end. Uh, the other nights, the Nets were up by tw- or down by 24 and they end up uh, winning that game. The Bulls last night, they're trailing the Pistons by 22. They went outright. Uh, Golden State Warriors, they're down by, I believe it was 19 to the Heat. The Warriors end up winning out. Denver, they're up by 17 in the first half, and then the Wizards take them down. Is this abnormal, or is is it something maybe we haven't paid paid as much attention to in the past, and this is, well, it's a game of runs. Uh, This is regular business in the NBA. Uh, Good morning, guys. You know, always great to be on with you. Um, Yeah, I, I think there are a number of factors contributing to it. This year, uh, the first is that with no fans in the stands, I think that mitigates the home court advantage or the road team disadvantage. And that's why I think you see some wild swings. In addition to the um, you know, COVID uncertainty and the night-to-night uncertainty with a condensed schedule about who's going to be in the lineup and who's not. Uh, so I, I don't think that trend will go anywhere in the short term, at least until mm. fans are back in the stands. And as, as you mentioned, it's impacted a number of games recently. It, it makes for entertaining uh, TV and, and betting. I, I think it makes it pretty stressful if you're on the team side as a player, coach, or executive. Uh, but but I don't think that'll change in the short term. And that's where um, you know you, you, your listeners who, who do, do uh, the in-game betting, I think, should continue to look at that uh, because I think there'll be more wild swings within games going forward. What about something, Ryan, we, Joe and I were talking about earlier in the show during prop or flop, and people can always go back and listen to any of our segments on demand on the radio.com app and other podcast apps. What about this deal where, like, right before the games, we find out Embiid's out with his back, 
or last night it was Ben Simmons and an illness. You know, there's a lot of people that have already put bets in, Ryan. There are people that are playing DFS for the night. At least, you know, baseball, they have a lineup card. The NFL, they have an active list. Have you heard anything about the NBA doing anything about this to at least have there be some period of time where these decisions have to be announced? Yeah, ideally, Ross, the the league would like the teams to let them know an hour before the game, you know, who's going to play, who's not, uh, who's in the starting lineup, who's coming off the bench, and who's out for the night. Uh, The challenge this year is uh, talking to, again, people with teams, players, coaches, and executives, the COVID testing protocols are so stringent that that's really changing the normal pregame routine. In fact, one of the more, uh, I'll just call it what it is, outrageous things I've heard is that a few weeks ago, the L.A. Clippers uh, played an early game. I I think they were playing OKC or somebody on on a Sunday uh, afternoon in L.A. at the Staples Center. Uh, So matinee game, the players had to go be tested the night before the game, guys, at like 11 o'clock p.m. You know, so so, um, I I bring it up because, um, as you know, especially, you know, you you Ross being in locker rooms, like the players are creatures of habit. Um, Their schedule has been so wildly thrown off this year. The NBA, in fact, uh, urged players and teams not to show up to the arena too early. Like, they don't want anybody in the arena more than three hours before the game, which uh, when I was in the Celtics front office and we had very good teams in Boston, I know that would have driven Ray Allen nuts because he was there hmm. on the court in uniform three hours before every game working out. Uh, so the schedules are thrown off. So I think that's why the NBA is giving some leeway to the teams and players about these last-minute changes. Although, as you mentioned, Ross, it does make it a lot more difficult from a betting perspective uh, because there seem to be some big surprises at the very last minute. Ryan, the Jazz run just won't stop. Another win, another cover. Um, their depth is really what, what appears to be setting them apart from everyone else. Um, on that roster, I mean, what Donovan Mitchell did last year in the bubble really put him uh, on the scene for just your fringe NBA fan. that They uh, quickly noticed what he was doing. Uh, but this season, is Gobert more valuable to Mitchell on that team? Well, I, I think the value, Joe, is the team and, and the depth and, and the collective talent. Um, you mentioned the run they've been on. It, it's, it's been incredible. Um, guys, they're fourth in offensive rating in a 30-team league, and they are second in defensive rating, trailing only the Lakers. So it's really unusual to have a team uh, in the top four in both categories. Uh, that's how good Utah's been on both ends of the court. You mentioned the the dominance recently. They've won 19 out of 20. Uh, almost all of those games, guys, have been double-digit wins. And so as I look at the futures market uh, from our friends at PointsBet, I still don't understand why the Jazz are at plus 1,300 and have the fifth-best odds to win the championship. I know that they're in the Western Conference, and the two L.A. teams are very good. Uh, but, but going to the top of the list, the Lakers at plus 250, uh, basically what, what that's saying is, um, the Lakers are what, you, you know, five times more likely uh, from a numbers perspective to win the championship than the Utah Jazz. I, I just don't see that. Uh, so I think there's really good value in Utah on the championship futures market at plus 1300. Because look at it this way, guys. We've played more than a third of the season, and they have been clearly uh, throughout the season so far the best team to this point in the year. Ryan, I'm curious because it does affect betting a little bit and it does affect these teams. What you thought of Draymond Green's comments recently? Because it's also part of the reason why we're seeing more and more teams having guys sit out as they try to trade them. 
Yeah, Ross, I was on in San Francisco yesterday, right, right after Draymond uh, made those comments. And I think there are a couple layers to it. Um, one is that, you know, Draymond defends players and supports players, and he always will. And that's not unusual, I think, in the NBA or in any league, uh, players defending other players, uh, especially when they think uh, the teams or the league or, you know, some, some other group is doing things counter to their best interests. So uh, I took it as that. The, the interesting part about it to me, and this gained some traction when I made these comments in the Bay Area in particular, is that Draymond's really smart. I think he's one of the sharpest guys in the entire NBA. I think he uses this, guys, as a way to take some digs at other teams and point out uh, some of the dysfunction. In this case in Cleveland, he's done it with the Phoenix Suns and other teams in the past. And I think what that does is two things. One, it shows that uh, maybe some of these other organizations don't run as well or aren't as smoothly functioning as the Warriors are, which potentially helps you uh, recruit players and free agency in particular. Uh, and then also, you know, in the short term, it may create some confusion and distraction for other teams. As you guys know, in a 30-team league, every team has different circumstances and different things going on. So if other teams are distracted or they're not completely focused on winning, I think that benefits you. So, so part of it, I think, is Draymond – um, you know, saying what he feels about players and, and players' rights. But I think another part of it uh, is throwing some subtle jabs at these other teams, creating some confusion and distractions as the Warriors try to climb back to that championship level. This is BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. Our guest, Ryan McDonough at McDNBA, host of the Radio.com NBA show. Make sure you're subscribed on the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, so yesterday on the show, Ryan, we had a, a Vegas bookmaker, Jeff Sherman from the Superbook on, Superbook on, and uh, he does all their NBA numbers. So he follows that and the MVP odds, championship odds, all that stuff. And uh, just to follow up your comment about the Jazz, he said they're betting them game to game. People keep betting them, riding this trend, but they're not betting them to win the championship, which is uh, pretty interesting. But I asked him uh, for the MVP race. We know the top three in some order. Are there any players out there that maybe haven't entered the conversation that could with so much basketball left? And he brought up Dame Lillard. And then we see last night he goes off for 43 points and 16 assists. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about what Dame is doing for the Blazers this season? Damian Lillard has been incredible. And I I was tweeting about this last night, watching that game against New Orleans. And, guys, I feel like every Blazers game is the same. This is the point I made on Twitter is that um, it's it's an offensive battle. There are a lot of points scored. There's not a whole lot of defense being played. Portland ranks toward the bottom of the league defensively. Uh, And then usually Portland's down in the last few minutes of the game. And then, sure enough, the ball ends up in Damian Lillard's hands. Uh, Keep in mind that for the Blazers, uh, their second and third best players, C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic, are out of the lineup. Those guys have been out for a while uh, with injuries. So uh, the Blazers are down. The ball's in Lillard's hands. The opponents know where it's going. Everybody watching on TV knows where the ball is going, but but nobody's been able Mm -hmm. to stop them, guys. It's amazing. Night in, night out. It's three-pointers. It's getting to the basket. Uh, Last night he had a big drive going to his left hand and finished through contact. I think it was with Lonzo Ball for an and-one finish that basically – put the game away. So his numbers are uh, off the charts. Stat News had a tweet about this, like his numbers in the clutch and his percentages are ridiculous. Um, so yeah, if I were playing the, um, you know, the futures market today for regular season MVP, looking at the numbers from our friends at points bet, uh, Damian Lowe is currently eight at plus 2,500. Um, look, I, I, I think that's a ver- there's very good value there. Uh, Portland is currently fourth in the Western conference. I don't think anybody anticipated that they would be there, especially after the injuries to Lillard, excuse me, to, to McCollum and Nurkic. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on Lillard, keep an eye on the Blazers. 
Look, it's a team sport. The reason Portland's winning, uh, especially the, the reason that they're a top four team in a loaded Western Conference, is almost solely because of Damian Lillard. So, Ryan, I got to ask you something as it relates to Jalen Johnson, the kid at Duke that opted out for the rest of the season. Number one is just how you would perceive that as a former executive. But also, I was listening somewhere, and I think it might have been Seth Greenberg, someone that said he thinks more kids might do this over the next couple of weeks. So, question one is your thoughts on Jalen. Question two is, have you heard of any other kids that might do this? Because that could be betting opportunities for us. And Eli could really use it these days. <laughs> um, well, Jalen Johnson, uh, I always try to help our friend uh, Eli Erskovich, uh, wherever I can. Uh, J- Jalen Johnson, yeah, the, the freshman forward from Duke. Um, you know, he had a so-so freshman year, uh, 11.6 rebounds a game. The Blue Devils have underperformed relative to expectations. They're, they're right around 500. Um, guys, I, I don't think this trend will go anywhere, unfortunately, uh, as far as players shutting it down and doing what's in their best interest, especially if the team is not playing well or if their role uh, is not significant. Um, but because, look, I, I think these kids, they have so many people around them now. When you look at their family, uh, agents, advisors, high school coaches, AU coaches in their ear that uh, they look at the long-term earnings. And then if it's not going great in college, like Jalen Johnson's role had been diminished a little bit recently as minutes were down. Uh, he only played eight minutes in his last game against NC State on Saturday um, after playing just 15 against Notre Dame the game before. So I think he said, look, I, I'm an NBA player. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get COVID. Uh, I'm not really helping myself. I'm not helping the team win. And the ironic part about it, guys, and this doesn't particularly bode well from what teams in the NBA think of Jalen Johnson is uh, Duke may agree with that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure the Duke Blue Devils will miss him too much. In fact, uh, in, in, in some respects, when, when he did not play or only played eight minutes against NC State on Saturday, that was one of Duke's best games. They won by 16 on the road in Raleigh. So uh, I, I think teams will look at it and have some questions about, you know, did he quit on the team? This does not seem like it was injury or COVID-related. And, um, but as far as the Blue Devils, and look, I'm, I'm not a college basketball expert. That, that's more Eli's wheelhouse at this point. But um, I, I would, you know, like look at them and say, I, I, even though Jalen Johnson's a talented draft prospect, I'm not sure that Blue Devils play worse. In fact, in some of these cases, it's addition by subtraction and the team gets better uh, with, with increased or improved chemistry and other guys stepping up and having a bigger role. That's Ryan McDonough at NBA, former NBA executive turned host of the Radio.com NBA show. Ryan, stay right there. There's a bunch of other stuff we need to get to, including the trade deadline right around the corner. A lot of rumors, including some players that are now not playing because uh, they might be traded. How are the Lakers going to handle this without AD for an extended period of time? And uh, tonight's card, there are three, three games, one of them really exciting. Nets and Lakers going at it. Uh, what We'll find out what Ryan thinks about that matchups. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, this is BetQL Daily. More with Ryan McDonough next. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. We appreciate you listening uh, live on the Radio.com app, live on 1430 in Denver. And if you uh, also listen later on via the podcast, we are on Twitter at BetQL Daily. And uh, Ryan McDonough is on Twitter at McDNBA. He hosts the Radio.com NBA show. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker here continuing our conversation uh, with Ryan about the association. So we're, we're already there, even though the, the NBA trade deadline isn't until March 25th, Ryan. Uh, now some players are sitting out because they might be dealt at some point. Is uh, this trend going to be something that continues in the NBA? Well, I think in certain circumstances, guys, um, you know, two, two main players, two big names who, uh, frankly, their games don't match kind of the reputation at this point in their career. Uh, Andre Drummond, uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, it was announced, you know, recently that he was going to be held out. And we, we talked about that earlier in the show uh, with, with with Draymond's comments, uh, being critical of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, guys, my sources tell me that was more of a mutual decision. It wasn't uh, the team unilaterally telling Drummond they did not want him to play. It was uh, Drummond and his agent, Jeff Schwartz, uh, realizing that he's not in long-term plans. Andre's 27 years old. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. So it didn't make sense. Uh, for him to play in a reduced role or, you know, potentially get injured on one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Cleveland's currently 10 and 19 and the second to last team in the Eastern conference. Um, but the challenge is guys with an in-season trade with a player like Drummond who, who makes about 27, 28 million a year in that range, it's really tough to get to that number financially in a trade. So uh, teams would love to get him bought out. If, if Drummond does not get traded by the March 25th deadline, Look for him uh, to, to potentially do a buyout with Cleveland uh, and teams like uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, who are playing tonight, tonight would love to, to get um, Drummond. You know, any contender who needs a, a big, needs some size, a Golden State, I'm sure would love to add him as well. Um, but then, then the Blake Griffin is the other one. That's a little bit different situation, guys. It, it's, it's sad to watch, um, you know, what's happened to Blake physically. He hasn't dunked in a game since 2019. Um, and, and that's a tricky one because he's got a player option uh, next year at a huge number, you know, well north of $30 million. Um, so I, I don't see a, a trade there. Nobody's going to take on that contract in the NBA, I, I don't think. Um, and, th- and that leads you to maybe t- more toward a buyout, but uh, a buyout with that amount of money remaining over a year and a half plus, um, you know, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for anybody. I, I don't think, especially the Detroit Pistons. Uh, so so I, I think those are two unique circumstances, again, with the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference in Cleveland and Detroit. And so, so you may see that, you know, happen once or twice elsewhere. But I don't think it will be an overwhelming pattern or trend, given that this year for the first time the teams realized before the season that 10 teams in each conference make the initial playoff field. Uh, that means just about everybody is still trying to win uh, because if you look around the league, almost everybody's within three or four games of 10th at this point in both conferences other than the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, wait a minute, Ryan. You just blew me away with that one. I don't know if there's prop bets. Joe's the NBA proper flop guy. Do they have prop bets on whether or not Blake Griffin will dunk in a game? He hasn't dunked in a game since 2019. Wow. 
Correct, Ross. Yeah, it was late in the year. I'd have to go back and look at the exact date, but I think it was sometime in in December. Um, and you know, like keep in mind, last year was uh, was unusual, obviously with COVID and the, and the season getting uh, postponed and then resumed. Um, and Detroit was not one of the teams that participated in the Orlando bubble. Uh, now that being said, when, when you watch him play, um, it, it does seem a little bit staggering. You know, when you hear 2019 as the date, but then when you watch him play physically he's not the same guy. I mean, he's a shell of himself. He just doesn't move as well. He's had a number of, of knee injuries. Um, you know, we're talking about a guy who was one of the most explosive players in the league, one of the best athletes in the world. You guys remember him dunking over a Kia, you know, years ago in the dunk contest and has all the highlights and posters with him, you know, dunking on Timofey Mozgov and Kendrick Perkins and a bunch of people. Uh, he's not the same guy anymore. And, and it's tough uh, but, but financially, if you're Blake and his agent, Sam Goldfeder, um, you know, again, he's making $36.8 million this year. And as a player option uh, for about $38.9 million next year, there's no way he could recoup even a fraction of that money, guys, uh, if he were to opt out. So uh, he'll opt in next year. And, and my guess is nobody in the legal trade for that contract. And uh, that means at some point he'll probably get bought out by the Detroit Pistons. But from a former executive's perspective, it makes sense for Detroit to do it next season with only one year left on his deal. So, unfortunately for Blake Griffin and the Pistons and fans of Blake, uh, he could be in limbo uh, for at least the next you know, six months to a year as he worked through the situation with Detroit. Hmm. Uh, Ryan, we only have uh, three games tonight. It's a TNT Thursday, but the one that's going to have the most eyeballs late in the evening, it's going to be the Nets and the Lakers. Lakers are favored by two and a half, total of 232 and a half. How do you view this matchup? And, uh, you know, specifically for me, what I'm wondering is the second full game since the AD injury, uh, where's the usage going to go after LeBron? We, we saw a lot with Schroeder against Minnesota. Uh, do you expect that to continue? I do. I, I think Schroeder's the second best shot creator on the Lakers, uh, maybe even when AD is in the lineup. AD is tremendous creating shots for himself, and he's a great finisher. But as far as, you know, creating shots for himself and others, obviously LeBron is uh, maybe the best in NBA history at that. And, and, and Dennis Schroeder uh, is very good at that as well. So I, I think Schroeder, um, you know, is, is going to get a lot of shot creation. Um, one guy to keep an eye on, he had a great preseason, hasn't played uh, as much in the regular season as, as Talon Horton Tucker, uh, the talented young player. Um, you know, he, he can give them some offensive punch, I, I think, as Anthony Davis continues to miss time. And it now looks like he'll be out until after the All-Star break. Uh, that Taylor Horton Tucker will get more run and, and maybe could be some good value for, for DFS players or, uh, you know, something like that as, as, as a gamble um, for a guy who has minutes in this role have decreased in the regular season. Um, but, but I like the Lakers guys overall in the game tonight. Uh, Brooklyn is winning. Uh, Kevin Durant is listed as out again tonight with the left hamstring strain. Uh, Kyrie Irving is listed as probable, which uh, with Kyrie, I think he's always probable or questionable, just uh, either physically or mentally. Uh, but, but, but I like the Lakers. They're at home. Uh, Brooklyn has you know, had a successful West Coast trip so far. Uh, as I watched the team play, other than the greatness of James Harden, uh, when we brought him, he brought them back against Phoenix the other night when they were down 24 in the second quarter. I'm not really sure how this team is, is winning, especially against good opponents. Uh, so I, I like the Lakers. As long as LeBron plays, LeBron's listed as probable left ankle sprain. Uh, as long as LeBron plays, which uh, I, I'm almost certain he will, uh, then I like the Lakers, even though if they're giving up two and a half points. What about the Nets to win the East? They're around like plus 160 while they're still behind my Sixers, Ryan. Yeah, I, I still think that's a good bet. Um, you know, when, when I say that, 
I'm betting on the Nets doing something over the next month, a month and a half, whether it's a trade between now and the deadline on March 25th, or as we discussed earlier, relative to Andre Drummond, a buyout. And, and that's what Brooklyn prefer because in a trade, guys, you have to give up something. Uh, in a buyout, you can just get a player uh, for even a you know prorated minimum or some small contract financially just for the remainder of the season. So uh, if you can get a player um, the t- you know with the talent of Andre Drummond uh, on a cheap deal, a short-term deal, that's a home run for a team like Brooklyn who has a, a glaring hole at center, in my opinion. Uh, Jared Allen was their best center. He went out in the James Harden trade. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is solid, but he's not what he once was at this stage in his career. Um, so I, I like Brooklyn, but again, I, I, I'm factoring them in, doing something over the next uh, month or so. And, and I think that will happen, guys, because look, as an executive, when you're as aggressive as Sean Marks and Joe Sy, the new owner in Brooklyn, have been, uh, you continue to be aggressive. The, the championship window is now. They have Kevin Durant. They have Kyrie Irving. They have James Harden. So keep that in mind when you're looking at the futures. Uh, I think Brooklyn will continue to be aggressive. And I still, despite their flaws, think they're a decent bet to win the Eastern Conference. With Ryan McDonough, host of the Radio.com NBA show, uh, the first game of the evening, Ryan. We've got Toronto and Milwaukee again. We just saw this game on Tuesday. The Bucks are favored by six, a total of 235 and a half. What will you be looking for in this matchup? Well, Milwaukee's really struggled recently, guys. They've lost four in a row. Um, they have not been nearly as good defensively this year. That, that's been one of the things that stood out uh, over their great run the last couple of years since Mike Budenholzer arrived in Milwaukee, and they had the best combined regular season record over the last two seasons. Uh, Milwaukee's currently 13th in defense this year after being in the top three to five uh, the last couple of years. Uh, they're still very good offensively. Uh, they're, they're leading the league in offensive rating. But, you know, when I, when I watch him play, I, I think there's something missing. And that's why, again, getting back to the, the finals odds, the futures odds, um, I understand that Milwaukee's in the Eastern Conference. And they have Giannis and all that. Uh, I, I don't understand um, why, you know, they, they have uh, – the Utah Jazz have more favorable odds to win the championship. Um, you know, Milwaukee, they're 16-12. and 12. They've lost four games in a row. Uh, I think in the playoffs they'll struggle um, defensively in particular. Um, so uh, I look at Utah, they're a more complete team. And so in, in tonight's game, you know, it's tough because these teams are playing again. They, they just played the other night. Uh, Toronto won in Milwaukee. Uh, I think it was on Tuesday night. They're coming back tonight. Uh, I, before betting this one, I need to see what happens with Kyle Lowry. Uh, he left the game with an injury and then came back and then left again in the game the other night. So uh, I'd probably lean toward Toronto, especially if they're getting six points. But uh, for me, if I personally were to bet that one, I'd wait until closer to game time to see what is the status of Kyle Lowry. Ryan, what's happening on the next Radio.com NBA show? Uh, Today, we're recording uh, in an hour or so. We have Mike Trudell, the talented Lakers reporter. We're going to talk Lakers. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis's injury, LeBron James' MVP chances, um, Frank Vogel, everything Lakers. You know, we're going to get into it with Mike Trudell today. I think it's a great day to have him on, especially with the Lakers playing the late game on TNT tonight. Uh, definitely. Perfect timing there. Subscribe to the Radio.com NBA show to hear more uh, knowledge like this on the association. Ryan McDonough on Twitter, at NBA. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Good stuff there, as always, from Ryan McDonough.